The Edinburgh Football Podcast is brought to you in association with Nicholson Joinery Limited. Hello, welcome to an episode of the Edinburgh Football Podcast. I'm Andrew and alongside me as always is Ross and Callum. Busy one tonight guys, it's obviously Scottish Cup weekend as well, so got a lot to get through. So the agenda, we're going to start with November Player of the Month, on to Callum's Prediction League updates, then we'll speak Hibs, Hearts, Edinburgh City, and on to our own league sides, and then finish with a puzzler and our own predictions. So a lot to get through, as always to be honest, with the six teams that we cover and everything else that gets added on Callum, but we'll come to come to our part first, well actually we'll go to November Player of the Month first, sorry. Um I think we both mentioned his mentioned his name. Uh, I think I just got in there first when it came to <laughs> nominating them last week, but thoroughly deserved uh, young Loney to Spartans. Archie Mikasin a, a great month, and he's kept it going in December as well. Yeah, um, I'm sure we'll speak about that later. But um, aye, a, a really really good month, and um, you know Spartans have enjoyed a sort of revival in their fortunes the last three, four weeks and he's sort of been at the forefront of it so um, yeah long may it continue yep good month and just continue on Callum Callum's Corner Prediction League updates um, there's no there's not really been much movement I think um, the top of the table it is still uh, myself in third uh, John Hopkinson in second and Susan top uh, and that's been the case for the past like three, four weeks um, I think that the catch-up and Andre Green have had a couple of good weeks. They've uh, jumped up a few places, but it's sort of been people, I think, just over the course of the season, really, it's been people have been getting the results right um, and we haven't really had many correct scores. So uh, I think if you if you have a week where you maybe get two or three correct scores, you might might see a few, bit, more, bit more movement, but just now it's pretty, uh, pretty standard. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people... The, the results correct yeah yeah okay good hear more next week thank you for that Carl. right on to uh, on to Hibs then and that's a bit more like it isn't it Callum you know something that we spoke about last week you know we wanted a good result but we also wanted a performance as well and that second half was about as good as it's got all season 3-0 away from home very good yeah I think um, you know the, uh, the first half's Pretty much, you know, sort of like um, eeksy peeksy. There's, you know, swaying both ways. No teams really coming out on top. But in the second half, you know, Motherwell had a few chances, and like, but um, Hibbs managed that second half brilliantly. Uh, really took the game to Motherwell. Got the goal through Boyle. He could have had a hat trick in that second half. And I just think that uh, overall, the second half, Hibbs was just excellent. You know, there's. Um, you can't, you can't really look past uh, the performances. Uh, Halberg was excellent. Joe Newell was brilliant. And, you know, even when Jack Ross made the changes, you know, the players that came off the bench fitted into the system seamlessly. They were all, like, hungry to get forward. I mean, Stephen McGinn's goal, like, 90 plus five, you know, he's absolutely busting a gut to get into the box to, to hammer that home. And I just think that, you know, that sort of desire um, is what Hibs have perhaps been lacking um, the last couple of weeks and it's just it, it was really good to see really mm. and Ross you know before you know or this time last week I think there was a big gap between Hibs and Motherwell but Motherwell got given six points uh, pre-game because of the Covid issues that other teams had had so the gap was into five points so how impressive is that for, you know from a 
I was going to say a neutral, but obviously you're not a neutral. But uh, you know, from from an onlooker into Hibs, that, that to go through to Fir Park and win three 0 that's how impressive is that? Do you think because that's you know you've always been someone that says that you know teams can take points off anyone, but for Hibs to go through there, you know, as me and Cam spoke about, haven't been the most happy. I know where Hibs are fourth. I don't want to be too negative because it has been a good season so far, but we were kind of a little bit disappointed at times. With Hibs, so how impressive was that for Hibs to go through there and pick up three points in the manner that they did? Definitely, I think. Uh, <clears throat> to be honest, I was quite surprised when I saw the score coming through when it hit three 0 I, I didn't expect that, but cracking result for Hibs. I think it's it's the kind of results that Hibs need to start picking points up from teams around them at the moment. Albeit Motherwell, I think they've been fortunate with the six points they've been given. I believe that the teams are actually appealing that. Mm-hmm. There's now as well, but um, but yeah, I think you've you've got to beat teams. You can only beat what's really in front of you. But the the, the manner to go to away to Fir Park, Fir Park's never an easy place to go and get a result, especially when three 0 So great result for Hibs. Yeah, and that's something interesting that, that, that Ross's points made there about beating teams around Callum, because I think so far this season the teams that have been in and around, you know, St Johnston the last time we played them, Callum two two. Uh, Motherwell we drew earlier on in the season with um, Aberdeen and I think we've is it two defeats to Aberdeen so far this season yeah. Calum yep so oh. yeah so that's actually a good point you know Hibs the teams in and around them you know haven't picked up many wins against them so perhaps about time that Hibs started putting three points on the board against the teams those teams I think if Motherwell had won they would have gone Within like a couple of points to Hibs, yep. um, two COVID wins. So I think that um, there was there's so much added importance uh, that like came out of nowhere uh, for this game that Hibs needed to get a positive result from. And the fact that they, they came away with a three 0 win um, is something you know like that was absolutely needed. I mean, I think uh, I was the only one, uh, the three of us that predicted Hibs would go through there and win, but. I'll be honest, I thought it was going to be tight, you know, one goal victory. But um, there's some result, some result. Mm. uh, You know, Jack Ross, I've been a wee bit critical of him um, the past few weeks. I've been critical of Hibs, I've been critical of Martin Boyle. And, you know, there's there's been performances that were there on Saturday that really, you just just remember how good, like, Hibs have got it right now. Mm. You know, um, it's not too bad um, the things that are going on at Easter Road it, it is and you're right Cam because you know, we, we have been a bit disappointed at times with Hibs because we know the players that, that, that Hibs have and uh, and something we spoke about off air before we came on Cam was the firepower that, that Hibs have got you know and I think you've touted some and you spoke about the expectation you've got for some of our players to, to hit double figures and there's quite a few of them that you expect to hit that no, no, I mean, I'm not saying that I expect them, but I would think that they themselves would look at um, targets for the season. And, you know, Kevin Nisbet, you know, I, you, you show me a striker in any league that's sitting there saying that they only want to score five goals this year. You know, they want to hit 15, they want to hit 20, etc., etc. So, I mean, Kevin Nisbet will be looking at it and going, right, I scored, what, 16, 17 for them Fernand last year. If I hit 10, I'll be happy. He's already hit 10, you know. So, surely he's got to be looking at hitting 15, 20. Martin Boyle is hit four so far this season. He should be looking at hitting 10. Christian Doidge, what was it, 18 goals last year? He should be looking at hit 10 to 15. And Jamie Murphy, 
coming back off his injury. He was doing really well at Burton before he got injured. Um, I think that he's got he's got two or three already for Hibs. He again can hit ten to fifteen. There's there's no reason why these players can't. I think that Hibs have always looked to play with a style where they've gone um, almost gung ho to try and um, get goals. You know, there's always been. You know, your Ryardens, your Stokes, your O'Connors that have scored 15 to 20 goals. You have Lee Griffiths, um, Cummings, etc. Hibs have always had a striker that's hit those sort of levels. Um, so I don't see, I'm, I'm not putting unrealistic expectations on these guys to hit these figures. Yeah. And Ross, I mean, something that, that, that I think, um, it, it, as Calm says, you know, Hibs have got firepower there to score to score goals. And, you know, a criticism that Jack Ross has faced in the past, certainly from Sunderland fans, has been that he tried to sneak 1-0 wins or, uh, you know, and, and he tried to keep thinking, he didn't want to concede many goals and he tried these narrow wins. But Hibs have got the firepower to go out and when Hibs do try, because I know you, I mean, you you think Hibs aren't strong enough to keep clean sheets. <laughs> you you kind of wind us up about it, but you, you think defensively Hibs aren't as, aren't as strong. Um, so surely... Hibs going out to try and win 2-3-0 rather than trying to sneak 1-0s and protect go out and and try and you know really put teams to the sword that has to be the way forward for Jack Ross this has to be the benchmark now set for Hibs that I know that Hibs scored two goals late on but the performance in the second half there Ross was Hibs went out to score more goals than Motherwell it wasn't just one goal and protect it was let's really put them to the sword that has to continue over the course of the season Definitely, I think um, <clears throat> so glad that you'll score more than the other team, you'll get three points. But uh, I think we've, we've mentioned it plenty of times, Calm and yourself have mentioned it plenty of times uh, over the podcast that Hibs go up and then they kind of sit back and team invite teams onto them. So I think if, you, if you're still on the front foot and you're still peppering them, you're going to get chances opening up more and more. Uh, and you've got players, as we've said, a couple of players that Calm's mentioned there, um, they've all got the ability to stick the ball in the back of the net. So yeah. the more chances you give them, the more goals you're going to get. So yeah. feed them, feed them, and they will score. Yeah, Calm, is that that has to be now, doesn't it? Going forward, that this one nil and protect just. No, we need to just like like going back to when we when we had season tickets together, going back to the Mowbray days. I, I know that Hibs defensively were were always suspect but we went out to really put teams put teams away and yeah we had f- four twos and four ones and we had four fours but it was exciting but it, it, at least Hibs are going out to, to really put teams to the sword to be fair um, I, it, it was and don't get me wrong there's nothing there's nothing better than seeing your team win 4-5-0 but like give me a team that wins 1-0 um, 30 out of 38 games you know they win the league <laughs> You know, as much as as much as I like to see attacking football and da da da, da you know, like give me a, give me a team, give me a Jose Mourinho, Gary Jardin team that's going to win the league by scoring 30, 33 goals in thirty eight games. You know, that's like you would take that every day of the week. But um, I don't think Hibs have the defence right now. So realistically, it has to be. Uh, Real Madrid of the 60s style um, it doesn't matter how many of the opposition score we'll score more mm. and there was a, you know we spoke so highly about Kevin Nisbet uh, this season and the goals that he has chipped in with Cali to saying 10 already how important he's been but there was a spread of goals at the uh, at the weekend 
um, which is important too. But how important was a change of formation? It's something that we spoke about before we came on. It was it was, it was a change of shape uh, at the weekend, and it seemed to work. It seemed to it seemed to work, work well. well I think um, obviously it's four two three one that has played, and you've got Murphy and uh, Boyle who can play as a second striker. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Bill unconvinced by Dre Wright, but I think that. Halberg in the middle of the park offers you something that Gogic doesn't. You know, Gogic is brilliant at just sitting there and um, getting uh, breaking play up, etc. Halberg's going to get on the ball. He's going to stretch the play. He's going to run at players. He's going to X, Y, and Z. So I think that um, I still haven't seen the best of him, but I think that he needs to play more. Um, I'm a big fan uh, Halberg, and I think that he's got a lot of ability. I just don't think Hibs have found it yet. I agree. I mean, uh, you, Calm, you know me, I'm always uh, very suspect of going straight onto YouTube and typing in someone's uh, highlights. But at the end of... all you do. It's all you do. <laughs> but the... the amount of times that you've sat there and gone, wait till you see this boy on YouTube, I'm like, I don't I don't want to see him on YouTube. Show me it. Like, because let's be honest, I go, um, everyone got really excited about Kajabi because on YouTube he was this, that, and the next thing. Because if you Google him now on YouTube, You'll see the worst free kick that's ever been attempted. They also called themselves the Gambian Roberto Carlos. That never helped, man. Unbelievable, eh? Oh, shocking. Shocker. But he is one of your one of your favourite ever Hibs players, Cal, because he adopted the, the short sleeves and gloves approach. Uh, uh, He's one of my favourite Hibs players as well. <laughs> I'm absolutely not one of my favourite Hibs players, but I will respect anyone that goes for short sleeves and gloves. I thoroughly enjoy that look. Um, I, I pulled it off at fives many times myself. <laughs> no, is it? The only thing you pulled off at fives is your hamstring, mate. I genuinely thought you were going to go down a different route there. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that. I was thinking that and I pulled myself back. <laughs> Oh no! This is a, this, this is this is definitely going to have to get cut out. But no, you've said hamstring. That's fine. Right, we can move on. Let's let's move on. Hamilton on Saturday. Uh, yeah, Hamilton. Hamilton they, Saturday. because for me, you know, they do it every. Hamilton do it every year. They manage to survive. Uh, they've had a good, actually, not a bad couple of weeks. They they drew with Aberdeen, and they beat Kilmarnock last week. So they were also uh, awarded three points. I'm sure it was three points in, in one of the the COVID. Fixtures, so you know they've had, a, they've had they've had a decent a decent week, Callum. So, what are you thinking? This Hibs have to back up last week's comfortable win with a similar performance and, and result again this weekend. Yeah, I fancy Hibs to do the double header in North Lanarkshire and come back with um, like make this six points out of six. There's like I'm sorry, but Hibs have got a decent um, record uh, at Hamilton in the last. Uh, last few times they've gone through and I think that realistically Hibs need to not just win this game but win this game well you know another 3-0 etc but the, the, the second and third goal shouldn't be scored in the 88th and 95th minute you know should be like 2-0 at half time and then a third's added about the 63rd minute mm. yep yep uh, I just think that Hibs before we close I just think that Jack Ross and, and Hibs players have to now when they get a goal they go for more and uh, stop this trying to protect 1-0s and um, I think if we do that, we're going to be on to a really good season. I do, I do believe that. Okay then, Ross, and that was more like it from Hearts as well. On to the Hearts part of the show. Uh, something we spoke about last week. Uh, and just a very good day at the office. Something that we need to come to expect from Hearts now. This needs to be, that needs to be it. You know, go through to places, get a couple of goals, 
clean sheet, up the road, job done. I definitely. I think after um, the shocker against Aloha, I think it was the statement the Hearts had to go out and get that three points, and they've, they've done it clinically. So hats off to them. They've, they've done the professional job. They went out there. Well, I wouldn't imagine Morton's not a place I've been personally, but it's only like the easiest places to go. Um, but to go away and get a 2 0 2 0 win, absolutely fantastic. Delighted with that. Yeah. How important do you think actually was the, that early, two early defeats here, you know, one to, to Dunfermline and then defeat on penalties to Aloha? Could those. An extra time, yeah, an extra time, sorry. How. How important might that actually be as a little bit of a of a sort of wake up call for Hearts? Could they be kind of two defining results that kind of just shakes Hearts up a little bit because they've they've then you know put in a really comfortable good performance and and players really stepped up. You know, I'm, I'm sure you're going to speak about how important you know Jamie how well Jamie Walker played, but could have those two poor results actually be blessed in disguise at the Invincibles type going undefeated season was kind of put to bed early. Now Hearts can really just sort of kick on and go on a, a really long run yeah definitely because I, I don't think I, I would very much doubt you'd hear anyone at Hearts saying that they were going to go for that invincible uh, league I think it was a lot of fans were expecting it because you are expecting a, a player teams like Hearts the, the, the players that they've got in the teams um, looking at the wages that they're paying out and stuff like that as well so you'd expect the Hearts to go over and kind of walk over these teams but I think the the results they had Dunfermline was um Probably the biggest one for me, I think, personally, just because they're a league rival, they were a team that's going for it. I think it's a, a wee kick up the backside that they needed just to say that this league isn't there for the taking. It's not as easy as players think it's going to be. So, yeah. And I think for that, Alawa was... Well, I don't, I don't want to go back into that. Yeah. Um, so, Jamie Walker then came in for a lot of criticism of late. Um Kind of played off the left, didn't he? I think more on on Saturday. That's certainly where his two goals came from. So, um, good to see him putting in a, in a good performance and and be, being the match winner. That was you know that having looked at Twitter after games, he's been one of the main players that has been criticised. But it was like night and day compared to you know Saturday just gone by. So good to see Jamie Walker back to back to his best almost. Yeah, definitely. I think, as I said, he has came in for a lot of criticism for a lot of fans, and a lot of the weeks it's justified as well because I, I just don't see the effort being put into there. But the laddie's well, got forty-seven goals for Hearts. He's three away from the fifty. Um, I fully envisage he's going to get that in the next coming weeks or this season anyway. But it's, uh, it's it's good to get players that you've got that capability. They've got the ability to play football, and it's good for them to. Just kind of knuckle down a wee bit and start playing the football that they they can play. And mm. play the fans want to see as well. Yeah, something uh, of so, it. Who was the last player for Hearts to score fifty goals? Walker's three away, so he'll be the one. Uh, oh, it? I knew that. Is it Colin Cameron? Oh, it is Colin Cameron. I thought I was going to yeah. catch it. Aye, no, um, I, I read. I read that last week. Many years ago. Um, it's been since like Hearts have had someone that scored fifty goals for the club. You that's know. actually incredible, um, isn't it? That that is when you think about some of the strikers that Hearts well, have had. Cameron left about two thousand and one or something. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah. Um, you know, but it's, you know, a club the size of Hearts, and you've not had one player that scored fifty goals. I mean, obviously, there's been players that have only been around for you know, Zayfu probably would have scored fifty goals if he'd been at Hearts for four. He was going to last season, mate. 
you know. So I mean, it's it's tough to say, but I mean, you know, even even Scatchel, I think Scatchel ended up with forty eight. Yeah, uh, he was the closest guy. I'm sure so, but I mean, you've got you've got Laffrey. Laff, he was close. He was nineteen in a season because uh, uh, John Robertson's the last Hearts player to score twenty in a season. Yeah. So and he missed a Lafferty missed a sit in the last game of the season as well as Raiden. Mm. Yeah. No, that's 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 interesting. No, no, but I mean, yeah. there's two ways to to look at that. It just shows you for one one way is probably just the the revolving door that's been at Hearts for the past twenty years. You know, players just don't. Oh, they, they, turnover turnover has been massive. And that year. that's probably been the, the main sort of issue with that that, that no player really has been at the club long enough to I don't think it's been a lack of quality I think it's just been that, that it's just the revolving door and a, a lack of being able to build a build a squad long term it's just it's not quite been there for Hearts but um, Callum you know we, we said Nielsen maybe had to freshen things up players maybe needed needed dropped and one of them was Boyce and I think he that was one player but um, one player we said that needed to play because he would give energy, he would give ability in the ball, he would create chances. Was uh, was Andy Irvin, and he came back in, and he was he was excellent on 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 Saturday, and it was about time that he was that he was given uh, a start in Jersey, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, we're just sort of talking about revolving door there, and that sort of fits in quite nicely because Andy Irvin's uh, contract at the end of the season, Hearts need to get him locked down as soon as possible. He's um, had a plan or not. I don't think he's going to be in talks, eh? In, uh, well, I'm not sure if they started yet, but they're, they're, they're going to get underway shortly. Um, and I think that that's massive because I made a sort of impassioned defence of Andy Irvin's ability last week, and it's there for everyone to see. You know, that ball to Jamie Walker for the second goal is sheer class. You know, he, he looks in. Um, he puts on a play and to be fair Jamie Walker still has to take that under control and finish which he yeah. does well but um, you know Hearts don't have someone in the middle of the park that's going to play that pass except Andy Irvin you know and I just think that surely it's worth giving this guy a young Hearts fan the chance to go and play in the middle of the park over sort of um, journeyman like Ollie Lee you know, like give give a young laddie that is wanting to do as much as he can for Hearts over someone that wants to pick up the paycheck at the end of the week. You know, that's that's the you know, um I feel like we, we probably do get on Ollie Lee's case a wee bit, but you know, that's because he's not doing Justified, enough. Justified though. You know, like he's not doing enough, especially when you see the quality that Irvin brings to that Hearts midfield, you know, it, it takes them up a level. You know, there's there's no ah. denying got that ability and Hearts are a better team when he's on the park and I just think that you know he's 20 years old he needs to be getting as much uh, football as possible you know he, he needs to be playing as much as he can because he can he, he can stand up in that league and he can take it and like I just think that he has to be one, one of the first names on that team sheet yeah no, let right. the Porte Pirlo play yes yep. that is the way yeah oh, stop right yeah, I actually, you know, I, I actually think that. I, I think when I, I think once once uh, Janelli is back, uh, fit, I, I think I quite, I quite like the balance of that Hearts could have. I, I know that Nielsen said he wanted out and out wingers, but you know, look at Stephen Kingsley and and 
you know, I know it's early on in his Hearts career, but he looks like a fullback that can really bomb on. And I think he could provide you with that width. And I think if Walker was to play sort of off the left but cut inside on his right foot with Kingsley overlapping, I think that could be a real strength. Michael Smith, I know he likes to get forward, but I see him, can we correct me, Ross, but I think he's more defensively better than he is offensively. Oh, yeah. So well, I mean, he'll get you goals though. Yeah, yeah, but I see. Yeah, I I see Janelli giving you real out and out width and pace on that right hand side, uh, with Michael Smith sort of supporting, and then on the left hand side you've got Walker coming in off the left with Kings overlapping. That's starting to me to take to take shape once that happens, and I quite like that. I quite like that balance. I think with Irvin in midfield with either Halliday and Haring, and then with somebody in the number ten perhaps. Well, maybe Irvin in number 10, but could be Naismith in the 10 with Boyce if he can find form again. You're starting to find a real good balance in that heart squad. I definitely. I think there's there's a couple of signings there that I still want to... My mind, they need to get their fingers out. Because you've got Roberts and Freer that are just really haven't impressed me. And have a look at Twitter. They've, they've not captured the imagination of many other Hearts fans as well. So, But Nielsen has had his uh, January transfer window approved or his, his plans approved by Budge saw that today so I don't know we'll see imagine we'll see another new couple of new faces I think I, I think of it for me it's it's going to probably be a centre half and a striker I think personally um, centre half's definitely an area we need to improve because yeah. not impressed me uh, and I, I just think that teams will capitalise on various frailties at times mm. which I don't like to say that but yeah, um, and Boyce was it was, I've got I can't remember if it, was, if it was the game at the weekend or the game before that. Was was Boyce left out? The, it was it was a new sub against uh, yeah. Morton. Against Morton, yeah. So perhaps that's the, yeah. Perhaps that's the rocket that that Boyce needs because we've spoke here that that you know we spoke last week how we said that Boyle wasn't doing enough. Well, he he turned up last weekend for Hibs Callum and we spoke quite a few times that Boyce has not is he doing enough and. Perhaps Nielsen's sort of bit the bullet in that and he's put him on the bench, Ross. He can have no complaints. No, I, I don't think anyone can have complaints. I mean, he'll probably be honest himself. He's not not performing that well, but I think you've got, you've got the cup final coming up in a couple of weeks and Boyce has shown against you boys he can do it at hand. And so I'm hoping that he rolls his socks up for that and knuckles down. Rolls his socks up? Really rolls his sleep. Rolls his socks up. Get on, man. It's you know what it'd be looking like, Ollie McBurney. Roll your socks up, be a proper football, and get on, man. Okay. Penalties, penalties don't. Penalties don't count. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, this weekend, then it's Queen of the South. It's it's uh, a team that that uh, I think we're, maybe last season or a few seasons ago when maybe Dykes and Dobby were were up top might have been difficult, but no, I fancy. I fancy Hearts to, to do the business this weekend. A team that similar similar to the Hamilton thing, I would imagine Hearts to go over there and get a result, and I'd be I'd be very surprised if Hearts don't. That's it, tell you, but it's I suppose if we don't get a result from this game, I'd be very surprised. Yeah, yeah. Okay then, on to Edinburgh City. Um, wow. The, yeah, I mean, we we discussed that 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 the, the, the fantastic result they had at uh, Annan week before had to be the catalyst, Callum, for uh for for that a real sort of good run 
that, to go on. And, and I think we spoke about again, actually, last week, that we'd like to see a, a similar scoreline, actually, that, that, with the Annan game that they had. And they, they more or less done that. That was, a, that was another very good, very good score with, with goals coming from interesting sources. But um, they've they done... Who needs strikers? Yeah. Because uh, when, when you see Henderson three goals in you know nine minutes, you go, oh, well, Blair, that, that's that. But um, you know, Liam Henderson scored a hatchet and you know, they were all well-taking goals. Right? His first two are almost carbon copies. And then it gets, gets on the, the headers in the last one. But I think... Um, you know, the man of the match was, was Craig Thompson. I mean, not only did he have, um, I'm sure he, he was definitely assisted at least two of Liam Henderson's goals, but his two free kicks were unbelievable. You know, I think <laughs> for me, is, you know, you know, Thompson has been, has actually been a, a terrific, a terrific signing for, for, for Edinburgh City because and you're right, the deliveries that he puts in from, from set-pieces, I know he, he was sort of renowned at Hearts when he was there of, of his set-piece uh, taking ability, um, and he's always a threat with, with, his, with his delivery, but defensively as well, Callum, every time we've seen Thompson, he's, he's very, he's so, he's so strong, but he's just, I'm actually, you know, just a very, you know, it goes under the radar actually of how, how good a player he's been for Embraer City in the past sort of couple of seasons that he's been there. He's almost overlooked at times, and it's just um, you know he's an he's a captain. He's an integral part of the. It's not just the back four, but the the city team as a whole. Um, his um, ability, whether it's dead ball or just putting across the box, you know, an open play, is you know unmatched almost in that league. He's phenomenal, and I think that you know if City are to you know build on what they've got, like he's he, he's such an important player, and it. To have him performing back to his best, you know, we've, we've talked about, you know, your Blair Hendersons over the last <clears throat> sort of week or two coming back, etc. Talked about Blair being in the middle of the part, like Andy Black in the middle of the part. We've not mentioned the the defence as much, and I think that, um, you know, Craig Thompson, you know, Conrad Barton in the middle, I mean, Robbie McIntyre might be back soon. So, I mean, all, all of them, big, big players. City and they'll be massive throughout the rest of the season for them. Yeah, yeah. Great, fantastic, fantastic result, Ross. And that, that's something we spoke about last week that we didn't want the out the Annan result to be sort of flash in the pan where they they'd done that so far. Whereas one week they were terrific, one week they they'd slip up. But to you know to score the amount of goals they have two weeks in a row, that's that's a lot more promising. And they're going to need, I think they needed that ahead of the game this week this weekend. Definitely, I think. <clears throat> When you look at go back on the two teams that we just spoke about, spreading goals out, and you get that centre half scoring a hat trick, and then your right back scoring two, you've got to you've got to be happy with that. But have a look at a couple of highlights. I think there were still goals in them. There was still they, they had one ruled off for offside. Uh, I think Thompson missed. You could have got a hat trick and three kicks. I think one went agonisingly wide. Right. Blair Henderson had a couple of chances that. Possibly, I would expect him to score. Um, but no, that's it's a great bit of confidence. I think for me, a bit shaky at the back. Uh, having a look at Albion's goals, they're avoidable. They're certainly avoidable. Um, so if they cut that out of the game, because I think going forward, attacking progress, I think they've, they've kind of nailed it the last couple of weeks, but just kind of show that back line up a wee bit. Um, mm. 
And that, that, that's going to be important and I expect probably a lot of work to be done this week on, on defensive shape because they go through Hamden this weekend, Calum, a, a, you know, a huge park and uh, against a, a Queen's Park team who, you know, let, let's be honest, are the favourites for, for the league. They're full-time. We spoke about the attacking players that they have. Um, Ember City defensively, and not to be defenders, I'm talking about defensive as a, as a shape for the whole team. Uh, needs to be absolutely bang on on Saturday if they have to come away with anything from from this game this weekend. Yeah, I think uh, you know it's uh, a sort of saying that we we've used before on the podcast is that City need to have eights and nines, you know, and I think if City have eights and nines on Saturday uh, throughout the team, then I think that they can match up to to Queens Park even if Queens Park hit that sort of level themselves because I think that both both teams have got um, exceptional ability throughout the, uh, the squad so I think that you know City need to be on their game though because I think that if if there's a few at six or even five then Queen's Park will punish them and they've got players sort of all over the park they've got some very good ability you know and before we came on we were speaking about uh, the boy uh, Jake Katongo there's uh, Louis Longridge there's Simon Murray, of course, you know they've got good players, and you know it's going to be a tough one for Ember City. But for me, it's it's absolutely must not lose. They can't afford to go ten points behind Queens Park, you know, with like only playing them two more times. Not the gap is it over seven? Seven. Jesus. You know, City's defeats at home to Sunrad and to Cowdenbeath. Like this is where this is where they need to make up for them because. You need to go through a hand, and this used to be an absolute gimme at three points. You know, I think back to the first time that City went through when we were doing the podcast, and Graham Taylor scored a double, and he scored arguably goal of the season with a thirty-five yard strike. You know, mm. and that's didn't Galbraith uh, didn't Galbraith score a screamer through there as well? Last that, year, uh, you know, it's it's always been a sort of happy hunting ground for City, and they need to rediscover that form, and they need to be go there and get a result because if they don't then 10 points this stage of the season that's a big ask it's a big ask for the league title yeah yeah huge, yeah, huge game and, and it's something you know we, we, we speak about the personnel that, that Queen's Park have but something again that goes under the radar is they've not just got very strong personnel roster they're, they're full time as well and that is something that I think is kind of forgotten at this moment in time because they are in league two but they, they've totally sort of changed their whole club makeup, I suppose, so it makes it even doubly hard when you're playing against a, a full time side. Uh, a full a full team no no shut up Andrew. Full time team uh, makes it all Yeah, I got there eventually. Uh, it makes it all the more difficult, doesn't it? Definitely I think um, the amount of money that they've had obviously I think was it the Hamden sale that kinda of kick started all this. Yeah. But the players that they've got in, the three players you mentioned are too good for two in my mind, especially you look at Simon Murray, what he's done at Hibs and stuff like that. But, um, no, it's, it's a big ask, and I think I actually totally forgot that Queen's Park were for all time because mm-hmm. it is so unheard of in League Two. So, mm-hmm. uh, aye, it's definitely it's, it's going to have to knuckle down and get on with this one. They have exceeded a lot of goals, uh, Queen's Park, so actually, last point, it, it could be. Craig Thompson delivery for a for a hand for a Henderson goal might actually be the, the route that 
which one exactly uh, might be the route that, that, that City's best chances best chance to have because you know Queen's Park aren't conceding I think they've only conceded one, maybe one league goal so far this season so um, they're defensively very strong as well so it could be set pieces that, that, that prove pivotal on Saturday so we'll, we'll come to predictions uh, later but it's looking good again for Ember City you know goals again two wins on the trot um, yeah looking a bit better and that'll be the confidence that they'll need uh, come three o'clock on Saturday when they travel through to the National Stadium right on to our lone league sides then and we'll start with uh, Spartans because they played last Friday night and something I think we spoke about on the podcast last week was that a, a, a result that could really sort of kickstart their, their, their season because yes they had comfortable wins against Dalbiti and, and Ember Uni and, and Vale they'd been there that's that's fine but it was a, a result that they could a big score that could really kickstart their season and they got it last Friday night 6-2 um, great result Cal really good result um, you know, we've, we've spoken on the show. Um, I don't know how much about how much Spartans love a Friday night, and uh, I, I didn't actually know this before. But I mean, um, I think Spartans have played twenty-two times on a Friday night, and they've won eighteen. Mm. You know, that's that's. I mean, if played on a Friday night every single week, they'd probably win the league. But I just think that the, the start was phenomenal. You know, they're they're two 0 up when six minutes or something. You know, um, and they didn't stop. You know, uh, Cumbernauld came back into it, and you know, um, especially three two. Uh, I think Cumbernauld had a goal ruled out for offside that was pretty tight. They had a call for a penalty. I think at four two that looked looked a bit suspect. I think I think that could have been a penalty, um, but I don't know. Um, they kept going, and. It's a really, really good result. That's what impressed me the most, actually. Like you say, Cal, because they they were they were they were pegged back a couple of times, you know, twice in the game, you know, two 0 to two one, you know, three one to three two. So that's what impressed me that, that the fact that they didn't let that that sort of hinder them, they didn't go, you know, they didn't uh, take that knock and and end up, you know, see another and it then becomes a it then becomes two two or 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 three three. So. That's what impressed me the most, Ross. That they 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 kicked on. They went for more goals, and they kind of put Cumbernauld comfortably to the sword. Yeah, I think that 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 comes that comes with the confidence that they've had in the last few games and winning games. So they've got that belief back in themselves that they can go and take teams on. Um, I was surprised actually watching it because I, I thought it'd be a wee bit tighter than that. I thought Cumbernauld had a wee bit more about them, but um, not taking anything away from Spartans because having a look at the. The kind of goals that went in, absolutely battered them. Mm. Pulled up pants doing well and truly, so I'm on the spot. But no, but it just shows you, you know, that that result where let's be honest, they were three 0 down against Easterland. They were on Spartans have been in a poor run. It's amazing how one second half and then extra time performance can totally change things. And I know since then they've had a a nice sort of run of fixtures with, with the with the teams that have come up, but. You can just tell in the spread of goals now with players that maybe hadn't scored for the club yet are now kind of scoring every game. You know, McCrory Irvin, for example, hadn't, hadn't really chipped in with many goals and then he gets sort of one and that becomes two and then I think he scored again at, um, on Friday night. Uh, so, two on. Yeah, two, two on Friday night. So, he, you know, he's gone on, on, a, on a good run now. It's amazing how one second half performance uh, against East Ham 
has totally changed the whole atmosphere around around the camp and it's looking good again for Spartans, Cal. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I think um, sort of my first uh, real uh, showing of uh, Mercury Irving in a Spartans uh, jersey and to be fair, he sort of reminded me a little bit uh, Aaron Scott who they lost in the summer but I think um, you know he's, he's got more goals in his game than than uh, Aaron does and I think that um, he just he pops up in the right positions where like um, just I think it's the second goal you know he's just there to tap it in you know he gets into the, the right position at the right time and you know puts it away and I think that you know Spartans um maybe been missing someone like that the last sort of a uh, couple of years. So I think that um like we've been saying with every team tonight, you know, it's goals from all over the park and, you know, goals being split up by by everyone. But I mean, again, I think um as much as it was a positive result, you've got to look at um some of the defending, especially for the second goal, wasn't brilliant. And, you know, need to need to sort of cut out those lapses to, to really focus on and have a good season. Yeah. Um, good point, because, you know, McCrory Irvin and, and, and Sam Jones are, are, are two players that when you look, we still look at our Twitter column for Ember Football Podcast, when you looked at the Pennycook goals coming through, McCrory Irvin and Jones were, were chipping in with a lot of goals at, at Pennycook. They were two goal-scored midfield players, and it's a good point, because I think probably... Since Jamie Dishington has left, Spartans probably haven't had a goal-scoring midfield player. So it's good to see Jones chipped him with a goal um, a few weeks ago. McCrory Irvin started to chip in with goals from midfield. That could be really important for, for, for Spartans. If you can get goal-scoring midfield players, it takes the pressure off the strikers, but it also goes a long way in, a, in, having, a, in a, having a good season. Um, I, I mean, you've got uh, Maxwell as well, but I think... Um... Sometimes he's playing left back, etc. So he's yeah. not caught. But I mean, let's be honest. You give him the ball thirty yards out, and uh, more often than not, that that could end up in the back of the net. Yeah. Um, well, it's it's Scottish Cup weekend. We love it, don't we? It's it's uh, it's back for season twenty twenty one. Your first taste of the of the Scottish Cup following our podcast or in our podcast, Ross. So hopefully we have a few good teams that go on some good runs and fans are back in soon enough that we can go to a few. But this one this weekend for Spartans, Ross, is uh, as tough a draw or one of the toughest draws they could possibly have pulled at the bag. East Colbride, um I think it's, it's, it's going to be tough, isn't it? Let's, let's, there's just no way, no twos about it. I definitely. I think it's what we're saying. It's been a couple of good results, but I'm just hoping this, um, this doesn't kind of put the the handbrake on Doogie's Venga bus that he's got going at the moment. So. Oh dear Lord, no, no. no. <laughs> no get there last week and have a go about him having McDonough's steam train and now you're seeing Doogie's Venga get... <laughs> oh my God. I can't... Oh, God, man. God, man. Um, nah, it's, it's, it's going to be a shock. It's going to be a tough one, Mike. Oh. Um, <laughs> I like that. Uh, it'll be a tough game. It'll be a tough game, and they've just got to knuckle down and hopefully the best. They've got to use the resilience that they've, they've shown in the last few weeks to, to kind of grind these games out and and come out on the upper hand. So I'm just hoping it continues. Yeah, Callum, what do Spartans have to do to make sure come quarter to five on Saturday that there's a social distance uh, boogie on uh, Doogie's Venga bus? I'm not. 
having that at all. Um, what Spartans need to do is score more goals than um, East Fulbright. But see, for me, I think this is an interesting one. See if I was, um, or oh, what's it, Stevie Aitken? Look, the Scottish Cup this year, I would just patch that off. I would patch every cup competition off. Um, East Fulbright have spent a lot of money to try and win the league this year. The Scottish Cup, yes, it's, it brings a benefit, etc. But you know, it's an an, an extra game when realistically, what's you didn't need that. You don't need that when you're going for you know the league, and that's your sole aim. You know, you look at um, Kelty last year; they went out in the first round. You know, it didn't harm their season. Mm. You know, so I, like th- for me, I, I think they did. They didn't get promoted. Ah, true, but. Uh, <laughs> Spartan, I think Spartans can do something here. I know that they've not had a great record against East Kilbride, but I, I don't know. I, I, part, part of me is tempted for a, a wee, a wee Spartans one now. Mm-hmm. You know, Spartans like the Scottish Cup. They are a cup team sometimes, and it's just uh, I'm tempted. Okay, all right, okay then. Um, on to Civil then, and. You've got to take your chances when they come along, don't you? And, and when you play against East Kilbride, that that's a a, a learn for a, a real learn for Spartans this weekend. When you get chances, because East Kilbride, I think, will give you chances. I think they're a lot more offensively dominant than they are defensively dominant. Because Civil had chances in that game, Callum, uh, which they're going to rue, I think. And um, what could have oh, been? I... What what could have been if they'd maybe taken just just one of those chances? Game for me, <clears throat> they. They, they stand up to East Kilbride and they can go toe to toe with them but when the chance comes along you've got to take it now um, unfortunately there's no real highlights to the game so I've not seen the, the EK goals I think there's a rumour that the first one might be offside but you know this this weekend's a great opportunity for Civil to go on a wee cup run Yeah uh, something I think probably the past couple of years Calum that, that they've kind of got to sort of second round you know they had a decent sort of couple of games against Forest and then they, they then got Ember City which was, which was harsh but it'd be nice for it, for Civil to get a good Scottish Cup run because it's something that's not really happened uh, since we've been following the podcast is it really? No what was it um, who was it last year it was it um it was up north and was it 4-1 mm-hmm. uh, uh, 4-1 uh, pumping really so uh, it was Brora right Ah, um, no, so wasn't I, I, I think they were up in that game against Edinburgh City. I thought that they, they deserved to take that to a replay. Um, so, and they were denied a penalty very late on. Um, yeah. In my eyes, I think that this weekend was a Blackburn United who are sitting second. Uh, well, they're either second bottom or third bottom of the East of Scotland Premier. They've played uh, ten games. They've lost nine of them. They've conceded thirty-two games. Sorry, 32 goals in those 10 games. This, uh, I know Civil are away, uh, but this should be uh, through to the next round. I think that Civil should be winning this game. Yeah, yeah it'd be nice for, well, certainly the favourites, it'd be nice for them to get a, a nice Scottish Cup run. Hopefully, you know, a nice tie in the next round to try and get them in that third third round would be would be really good for the club. And let's be honest, a Scottish Cup run could be so important for, for the teams in the lower league. Civil, you know, they're not blessed with a lot of money, so a, a Scottish Cup run could be so so important for them with you know the lack of fans that there's been. So it kind of puts an extra uh, incentive, yeah, absolutely, an extra incentive for for the, the club. You know, all our all our three clubs that, that we follow, how important that could be with restrictions that have been in on on the club. So uh, you know, fingers crossed, all three can get through. But I think Embra Uni have got the hardest one of the lot. Uh, sorry, 
or one of the hardest ones, right. obviously. <laughs> uh, I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Yeah, it's 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 a uh, it's it's going to be tough because it's one of these ones that you think, oh, they've got Trinent, they're a team in a, in the league below, but you know, the Scottish football is going to take the pyramid's going to take time to sort of balance out. Um, in terms of teams that have come in and joined recently, uh, Trinent are the favourites for this one, Callum. Aren't they? Let's be honest. Well, I mean, I'm just talking about Blackburn there, sitting like near the bottom of the East of Scotland Premier. Well, Trinent are sitting absolutely um, sky high at the top of the East of Scotland Premier. They're averaging um, well three goals a game. This this is a tough one for Edinburgh Uni. I mean, they got. Um, it was at Lockheed last year. It wasn't exactly a great draw for them. I think they were unlucky that they came away with a 3-1 defeat. But um, for me, this is, I think this is a very, very... And I think that Trinento, Trinento will come through this time. Yeah, and I think I think what you've got to remember as well, for some of these clubs, you know, this is like their first experience of Scottish Cup. So it's it's a huge yeah. fixture for, 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 for these clubs. So... Um, it's going to be tough for Embry Union, isn't it, Ross? It's a, it's not the kind of draw that they would have been wanting. But on the same side, would you say that that actually, you know, just get put out the Scotch Cup could be a good thing? Just solely focus on on the league, and that becomes the focus. Or yeah, because I, th- I think I think if you're being honest, you're not expecting you to get much out of this at all. Um, I think their priority is got to stay in the league. Um, they've got a few good results and. They're still above Vale, so they've just got to keep crack on with that. That's their main objective, I think, for this season. Uh, Cups, obviously, a wee bit of glamour in it, but I don't think Cups are they're not able to do the pay-per-view, are they? No, it's confirmed, no, confirmed just this afternoon. Confirmed this afternoon that uh, streaming is allowed uh, in the Scottish oh, Cup. Allowed. Yeah, just, yeah. Just, just this oh, afternoon. So they'll, so they'll get a bit of money for that then. So That's what's yeah. I was worried about a few of the teams that potentially weren't going to get the money. For the pay-per-view, so I'm glad they're able to get that wee bonus out of it. Yeah. Okay then. Right, podcast puzzler then. And last week it was the, uh, it was the the chocolate, uh, selection, Callum. So what is our Edinburgh football podcast uh, favorite chocolate at Christmas? Um. Okay. All right. Let's. Um. I'm just glad that I've stayed with you um this week. Um, we've got <laughs> <coughs> what was that? Ross Pride uh, Ross Pride who came in with he, he backed, up, backed me up uh, by saying Bounty as well uh, that doesn't uh, surprise me uh, then we had our, our podcast pub, Puzzler favourites um, well certainly my favourites anyway um, Derek and Ashley um, Derek went with the topic from the celebration I don't think they do it anymore but I, another one that I went myself so Right. Um, with that, and actually, again, um, oh no, oh, hold on. I think I've taken down the wrong thing. Uh, that's this is embarrassing. She's come. Nice. She's come back with. Uh, oh no 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 no! I, I did. I did St Johnston trip nineteen ninety eight. You're looking at last. You're looking at two weeks ago. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you came up with a Dundee strip. Since when are Dundee Hibs rivals? And Byers had Motherwell. When are they Hearts rivals? So the period is can ram it. I'm uh, sticking along with home then, Benfica and Real Madrid. I, I said to them, I said to them, look, just any any strip that you think's nice, that'll do. Because the podcast hey, regardless, what was that chocolate? What was that chocolate, Cal? Chocolate that I actually went for was a uh, bounty in the, the blue coconut one from the uh, Quality Street. Again, two of my favourites. I mm. agree with every single 
podcast puzzler. Ashley likes that coconut, mate. Well, I think Cal likes a not, coconut as well. There's nothing wrong with it. bounty. Oh. <laughs> right, this week's this week's podcast puzzler. Um, Calm. This week's podcast puzzler. It's Scottish Cup. Uh, related. Related. Scottish Cup related. It's uh, a venue where you've seen, or the most obscure venue where you've seen a Scottish Cup tie. Simple as that. Oh, um, shots by a cot. Hundred percent has to be shots away. Has to be shots away. Um, in the say one each. Came back in the replay, I think it was 4-1, and I called their manager. No, I can't repeat that. I can't repeat uh, that. That was, you know, I remember that. It was the first time Shots ever been in the Scottish Cup. And uh, it was a well, huge... Big time. It was a, big time. Yeah, it was a huge... Because oh, they won the, they'd won the junior Scottish Cup the season before. Um, and I remember that... The, <laughs> remember we turned up to the game and there was like four, four lads, maybe late teens, early 20s, that were jumping up and down. Which honestly looked like a tramp over this wall looking up the pitch, and we were checking the pitch out before the game, and we're like, "Oh, look at them over there!" And honestly, thought I think that's the biggest pitch in Scotland. Yeah, uh, it was. It was huge. To be fair, Calmy. It was. It was a huge. Yeah, I, we weren't tra- Anyway, Back to the point. It looked like these four lads were jumping up and down a trampoline. That's what it looked like. That's how high they were getting. Found out they're actually jumping on someone's motor over the wall, over the wall. So. Uh, it was quite, ah, it's sweet, honestly. That, Some place. That, 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 day, that day was excellent. Absolute scaffs. Uh, what's it? Um, uh, what's it? Uh, Paul Devlin got the equaliser and you decided to celebrate by knee sliding right in front of what could only be described as the shed at shots in front of absolute Neanderthals who were <laughs> gunning for your blood, I would say. Absolutely raging that you had the audacity to, to celebrate in front of them. Um, I think it was a decision you almost regretted, but um, it was, I think there was about six folk there that were supporting Edinburgh City and about 100 shots fans. But what a day, what a day. Yeah, it was a good day. Uh, for me, I think, obviously playing them, but I think the most obscure venue I played at in the Scottish Cup had to be Goldspace Sutherland. Um Long, long way up north to to play Golspie in a in a first round tie, and um, one someone got a hat trick that day. You want to know who? Guess who that was? Uh, Subo. Ian McFarlane, a Scottish Cup hat trick. There you go. He's never goal. He's never goal a season at, at best, but back then he was a a goal scoring midfielder. So yeah, it has to be Golspie Sutherland for me. But I'm interested for Rossi's here. It'll be. Oh, it'd be Parkhead or something, is it? Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I'm a bit of a snob. I, I don't tend to venture out of Edinburgh for Scottish Cup games. Um, I've seen Bonnie Rig Rose play Hibs at Tynecastle. I was in the Bonnie Rig end. So, so, the, so the stadium that you go to <laughs> is the strangest place you've watched a Scottish Cup time. It's the only happened. bloody place, apart from, apart from Hamden or... Celtic Park and stuff like that. Well, hopefully it changes. Hopefully it, 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 it changes now. Hopefully it changes now. To be fair, it'll work out better when we can get back to games and you can maybe get to a, a dodgy aye. one of our lowland league sides, you know. Coco V's no help that, aye. Exactly. Right, predictions then, and we'll get straight to it. Callum Hamilton versus Hibs. I have to say 3 0 Hibs. 4-0 Hibs for me uh, I'll go 2-0 Hibs Hearts Queen of the South uh, I think 4-0 Hearts 
Hearts. Yeah, I'll go three 0 Hearts. Queens Park versus City. Uh, Desmond, I'm going to each. Oh, this was a difficult one for me. I've got two results down, but I'm going to go for my latter one of three one Queens Park. Yeah, I'll go for, I'll go for three one Queens Park as well. Actually, uh, Blackburn v Civil. Uh, I am going to go with four one Civil. Three one Civil. Two 0 Civil. Uni versus Trinent. Four uh, 0 Trinent. Five 0 Trinent. Four uh, one Trinent. And Spartans v versus East Kilbride. Um, game what? Um, one 0 Spartans. Three one East Kilbride. Two one East Kilbride. Penalty with ten minutes to go to decide it. There we you go. Get abs- no, no. No, 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 no. I know that. I know that. I know that. I know that. Just you can run that. Okay then. I think. I there we go. I'm 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 back in I'm back in Spartans. Don't make me regret that Dougie in your finger bus. Hey, he's on the bus. Jesus. Jesus. 